The way that you essentially start with the GitHub app is you need to get an authentication access token. It's this very complicated process. So Probot essentially abstracts all that away and what you get is essentially a webhook handler. One of the first Probot apps that I actually worked on was SentimentBot. And essentially the goal of SentimentBot was to decrease negative interactions in the open source community. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. All right, welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. In the house, we've got Bex. Hi, happy to be here. I actually asked you to come on to talk about Probot. We've actually worked a lot in the last two weeks, uh, like around Probot. Well, you've worked a lot. I've actually upped my Probot skills in the last couple of weeks. So, can you introduce like how you got into Probot, as well as like what your your role is at GitHub, which is where you're at? Yeah, sure. So, I was hired as an intern last summer at GitHub on an engineering team. The team's overarching goal was to solve the problems highlighted by the open source survey that essentially open source projects struggle with, such as like negative interactions, really low maintainer response times, and just things that generally plague the open source community. And so the idea was to do that utilizing GitHub's super awesome APIs. And so the goal was to utilize GitHub apps in order to create these customized workflows to solve these problems for open source maintainers. And so as I started working on GitHub apps, I realized that the best way to achieve that would be to use Probot, which is an awesome framework for building GitHub apps. Essentially, it abstracts away all of the authentication layers and all of the problems. And so I worked on that pretty much all summer. And luckily, GitHub decided to hire me back. So I'm back again this time on the developer relations team, still doing Probot GitHub app stuff. Cool. So I'm going to ask, what's the difference between a GitHub app and like an OAuth integration? Because I, I know a lot of listeners are probably thinking, like, GitHub app, I've never heard of this thing. Like I know I have an OAuth like access to like whatever means. But so how would you describe the difference between GitHub app? So OAuth apps were the original way of creating integrations on top of GitHub. Essentially, they acted as a user and got every single permission to your account. Say so it access to all your repositories, all your code can do anything and act as a user. And so over time, a lot of companies were like. I can't have my employees installing OAuth apps because it just gives them too many permissions and it's just way too much. So GitHub designed and implemented, it was actually mostly an engineer named Kiwi, who is amazing, Kiwi McKean, and she implemented GitHub apps, which were essentially achieved the original goal of OAuth apps, which was to make granular permissions for apps so that users know exactly what access they're giving apps and more easily access the APIs. Nice. So I'm a previous employer, so like programming note, I'm no longer at Netlify, so I know previously I did a lot of Netlify. I'm actually at GitHub now working. And uh, so when I was at Netlify, one of the biggest issues we had, at least on Twitter, was the conversation around how much access the Netlify app request through like their integration, because like you can use GitHub or GitLab or Bitbucket to deploy your Netlify application, 
or sorry, your repo as a Netlify site. And from my understanding, GitHub now with the OAuth permissions with GitHub apps, you can now limit scopes. So no longer do you need to deploy. If you need to deploy a repo, you don't need to actually ask for private repo access or even ask for organization access. So I think that's one more addition to to GitHub apps in general. Yeah, absolutely. The limiting of scopes is really definitely a big perk. So can you explain like how Probot works and how it sort of sits on a layer like on top of GitHub apps and these interactions? Yeah, absolutely. So the way that you essentially start with a GitHub app is you need to get an authentication access token and you do so through a method called JWT which stands for JSON web token and it's this very complicated process that involves like encrypting a secret and sending it to the GitHub API and then using the response as an installation ID to get a token back and that all is kind of horrible to do so probot essentially abstracts all that away and what you get is essentially a webhook handler and you listen on GitHub webhooks, and then you get an authenticated GitHub client, already authenticated using your access token, and you can then respond to webhook events through the GitHub API. Cool, and that's like the full package. Like you start with Probot. So I know, like you could do like the Probot CLI, which is like create Probot app. So you get all that out of the box. Like- yeah. So you just run create Probot app, which essentially installs a folder with like. Boilerplate files, which is like the basics of what you need to get started with the Probot app, and all of that out of the box. All you need to do is register a GitHub app on GitHub itself and get an app ID from GitHub, yeah. as well as a private key from GitHub. Once you have those two pieces of information, you plug them into your Probot app in your .env file, which is just an environmental variable, and then Probot knows exactly to look there and to use those. Cool. There's like a lot of examples of apps out there, so I'm I'm curious if you have any examples of Probot apps that you've built or maybe the community has like put out front and center for people to use. Yeah, so one of the first Probot apps that I actually worked on was inspired by the idea of solving open source community problems through the open source survey, and that app is called Sentiment Bot. And essentially, the goal of Sentiment Bot was to decrease negative interactions in the open source community. And so it utilizes Google's perspective API in order to perform sentiment analysis on comments. Can you go in more details of like what sentiment results you get from sentiment bot? Yeah, absolutely. So imagine if you're having a comment section and someone, you know, not a member of your community comments like, "Oh, this issue is, you know, a swear word or like something really awful and you know, it just goes off and talks about how horrible everyone on your team is and just says really mean things." Sentiment bot will immediately listen on the webhook that that issue comment was created and immediately perform sentiment analysis on that comment. And based on a sentiment threshold that you can customize, so you could take more or less toxic comments, Sentiment bot will reply to that comment with a link to your repository's code of conduct, as well as like at mention any teams that might be relevant. So like if you have a maintainers team, you could tag them right there. Yeah, are there any projects using this this bot yet? Yes, I don't know them off the top of my okay. head. Cool. Can we take a short break from Probot? I'm curious more about the your internship last year about the community and safety team and how, kind of how all this stuff came about. So there's actually a team at GitHub that's working on solving some of these problems that SentimentBot and BehaviorBot potentially are solving. 
So what sort of like new features in GitHub have like Yeah, so the community and safety team is doing a lot of awesome work around making sure our users are protected from harassment and protected like publicly in their profiles. One thing I know that they've worked on for a long time is making sure that if you want to keep your email private, it's completely private throughout. So dealing with email permissions. They've also been leading the effort for like minimized comments, which is now like if you there's a comment that's like spammy on your issue, you can mark it as spam and it will disappear from the timeline now. Or it'll be like, this comment was minimized for being spam. They've also worked on the um, comment edit history, which I think is really important. GitHub is unique. Yeah, that's that's a recent feature actually. Yeah, very recent. GitHub is unique in that it allows other people to edit your comments. And so the comment edit history essentially allows you to actually see what edits are going on. And essentially confirm that you know these weren't like bad things that shouldn't have been edited. Yeah, yeah. It was like a, a happy but also a sad time when that was shipped because I'm a, I'll open up an issue and then I'll think about it. So I'll, I, I tend to open a lot of issues at night, like as I'm thinking or doing some code, uh, and also PRs. So I'll open up issues and then I'll change. I'll edit it like a hundred times because I'm like, oh, I should have reworded this, or I need to like change the wording in this so it doesn't seem like I'm so demanding. And now everybody can see my history. And I know you can actually delete history now if you'd like to, but I'm like, oh man, I'm foiled again. My open source work is out in the open. Personally, I love to use the feature to correct people's usage of my pronouns. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like that you can edit issues that you didn't create it as well. But yeah, you can also erase that from the history as well too. So I know about BehaviorBot. I think the listeners would love to hear a little bit more about BehaviorBot and like how your one problem you mentioned about solving uh, sentiments. But mm-hmm. what other features of your whole scope of BehaviorBot that, that can you actually use today? Yeah. So BehaviorBot was essentially the name for all of the different GitHub apps that got created from that project as a result. And within BehaviorBot, there's SentimentBot, which I think is one of the most interesting. There's also Welcome, which essentially does exactly what it sounds like. It welcomes new users to your repository. So it listens on new issues, new PRs, and pull requests merged. And if those users are taking any of those individual actions for the first time in your repository, it will comment on them with you know, whatever the maintainers of the repository wanted to comment with. So in ProBot, for example, when people merge their first PR, we reply to it with a GIF of a dancing robot. Very cool. I love that you could actually enhance GitHub through adding essentially your own features. A couple years ago, not a lot of people might not remember or might not be aware of, like the Derek GitHub letter, where open source maintainers kind of presented their grievances and like said, hey, these are things that aren't working in open source and like con- contributions. And the cool thing about like GitHub apps and like Probot is that like a lot of these features that we would love to have as like main, uh, use maintainers of projects and users of uh, consumers at GitHub, you could actually add yourself. So like one of them I saw, which I don't know if you can provide more background, which is the the Whip Bot, which mm-hmm. is like the work in progress, which is like a feature that I didn't know existed as an app until I joined GitHub. A lot of times I'll do a, open up a PR. And I only open up PR for feedback, not for emerging. Mm-hmm. So I always put WIP on my branches I don't want to merge. And this bot itself like literally blocks mergers from happening by adding WIP on there. Yeah, so it essentially updates a status check, which is sort of like what your CI looks like at the bottom of a GitHub pull request, and sets it to failing if you have work in progress or WIP or you know any variation of that in like the title of your pull request. 
So if listeners want to build a prop app today or enhance GitHub through like GitHub apps, how could someone get started? Yeah, so I think the best place to start is the Probot Docs. They're found at probot.github.io slash docs. And essentially that walks you through the basics of understanding, you know, everything from webhooks to how to use the GitHub API to, you know, understanding how to actually utilize Probot and utilize, you know, the APIs within Probot. Awesome. And there is a Slack group as well that they can Yeah, so we have a lot of community outreach right now. So we have a Slack channel that anyone is welcome to join, ask any kind of questions, whatever they are stuck on. We also offer once a week office hours at 10 a.m. on Thursdays, Pacific time, that anyone is welcome to join, ask any sort of questions that they might be struggling with building their ProBot app. Very cool. I think we had a really great conversation around ProBot and around GitHub apps. I think it's an awesome project, and hopefully people can reach out to you on the Twitters or in some sort of speaking engagements or in your comments on your blogs in the future. But from there, uh, I want to transition us to picks. So these are things that we're jamming on, things that keep us going and keep us like excited about the stuff that we do day to day as like developers. And I will go first. Uh, I'll let you go. I'll give you the uh, the benefit to uh, think through if you don't have any picks prepared. Uh, think of my first pick is going to be the Carters, which is the the new Beyonce Jay Z album. I'm always a big fan of Jay Z growing up and like listening to his uh, his hip hop. Not as big of a fan anymore. I'm actually more of a Beyonce fan at this point. So I appreciate the collaboration. I think it's a it's a good album to listen to if you're interested of like rap and hip hop and R&B of the day. Very very trappy this album. So it's it's nice to have that sort of mind numbing experience to uh, listen to in the background because I know a lot of people like to listen to music that doesn't have words in it. I actually like listening to music that does have words in it because when I need to take a break from thinking, I can like stop and listen to like. Whatever nonsense Jay Z's rapping about. <laughs> so yeah, that's gonna be my pick. That's my music pick. And for my other pick, I built a ProBot app, and it's called Gift. So it's G I P H T, and basically you just do dot gift into a comment on issues, and it will. Well, you have to install it first. So if you have to go to GitHub.com/apps/gift, and then once you installed it, you can any repo that has an issue comment, um, just type in Gift with a type of like word, like if you want gift cat, then it'll do a gift of a cat in a comment. So that was my first experience in ProBot and the first thing I shipped. So check that out. I've also been live streaming on Twitch. So follow me on Twitter. Um, you guys know my Twitter account and you'll see me whenever I tweet out that I'm going to be live making ProBot apps and other code related to my day-to-day and stuff I'm looking up to. So Bex, have I stalled enough? Do you have like anything you want to share? <laughs> My first pick is definitely also a music pick, and it's been a song that I've been obsessed with for a long time, but has recently come back into my life. It's Come Together by The Beatles. It is a true classic and really just brings back a lot of memories for me, so it's been keeping me going. Sweet. Yeah. um, I never grew up listening to The Beatles, but once I got into college, and I think across the universe, I'm dating myself, like college years (laughs) was a while ago for me, when that came out, my brother gave me like every illegally downloaded Beatles album. Um, I don't know if I should be admitting this out loud. But anyway, so I listened to like all the Beatles catalog at that time and then I I began to to love the Beatles and actually know their songs. So do you have any other picks for us? I think my general life pick right now would be having many irons in the fire. I think that right now I'm like kind of investing myself in a lot of different things and 
as much as it can be a little overwhelming, it's also really satisfying when things work out. Awesome. Yeah, it's like hedging your bets. It's like, uh, if this project doesn't work out, I've got six others. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Bex, I really appreciate you uh, jumping on and chatting with me about ProBot and your experiences at GitHub as an intern. Best of luck the rest of the summer as you continue to intern, and hopefully things work out, future endeavors, and other irons that are in the fire. Thank you so much. And listeners, keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 